So a while back, I uh, I switched my series accent to be Australian. Oh God, no. Um, yep. And now I'm thinking of switching it back to American. Does that make me unpatriotic? <laughs> I'm Haley. I'm John. And I'm Will. And we're from Crimson Comet, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Check out other podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. you lovely people in internet land and welcome to episode 58 of game life balance australia i'm your host robert bailey and i'm joined as always by the world's hairiest spaniard andrew ac yoshimura the trick the hardest thing about this was to become spanish believe it or not hairy oh i've got i've got hair to spare <laughs> said to go to the spanish embassy and- yeah i just said look that's like part of the initiation. I just had to say, like, you're not Spanish enough. And then I just dumped like 20 kilos of barber hair on the table <laughs> and a pot of glue. And I said, will this do? <laughs> and they said, si, senor. And I went, what the hell are you talking about? Now get to gluing that hair on me. <laughs> what kind of funny ass language are you speaking there? See, si? come on. Yeah. I think it's a made up, made up <laughs> language. It's not real. It's so much. That language is so much better than English. They're all just Italians. They're just <laughs> pretending. Uh, Stop pretending, Spain. We there, there goes a lot of our South American listenership and uh, yes, that, that European huge, listenership and huge uh, swathes of. <laughs> we can see on a map who listens to us. We can. Are there actually any people in South America? I don't know. <laughs> because I hope that they're in Brazil because Brazil is awesome because they speak Portuguese and Portuguese is a much superior language. Yes, I'm just hedging my bets here. Well, it's Portuguese is a real language. I'm like. <laughs> Made up Spanish. It's not even a real language. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> so, so, I just want to point this out that during the sound test, we were talking about Siri. I, I don't. I didn't know what Rob was going to say, mm. but then we we turned on Irish silly si- Siri. <laughs> Irish silly. And we asked it to say something in in Irish, and it says, "I am I am sorry, I cannot say the beautiful." <laughs> Irish accent or something. That's how it pronounced it. Yeah. And Siri then, does that. And it was words. really disappointing. Yes. And and then we found the New Zealand accent. <laughs> and we were trying to trick it into saying fish and chips. I think we realized pretty rapidly that it is the exact same as the Australian accent. I, if I was a New Zealander, I'd feel really ripped off by that. It is actually, it is actually misleading. It yeah. is actually like... Someone out there is going to feel disgruntled knowing that there is zero difference between the Australian and the New Zealand version of Siri. Because New Zealanders are so much better than we are. I just want to watch you squirm, Robbie. <laughs> yes. 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 Yep. <laughs> yes, they are. Objectively, yes. That's entirely true. <laughs> They're actually 50% less racist, too. Yeah. There's, there was this... I remember reading about this show. So, you know how <clears throat> Americans look up to... Sorry, Australians look up to Americans as, like, the kind of the cultural hub of the English-speaking world when it comes to stuff like television. I'd say that's generally true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like we have a lot of American television. We have our own television and stuff. 
But if, if an Australian becomes popular in America, they've considered to have made it. Yes. Whereas when a New Zealander becomes popular in Australia, that's when they think they've made it. <laughs> There was yep. a show about like a Maori cop whose ideas were were, were, were too weird for mm-hmm. like the New Zealand force. So he was transferred over to your, the Sydney right. police force. He was too brilliant. Be- yeah, he was too brilliant. It's just a, a big fish in a small pond in, in New Zealand. <laughs> we should probably stop talking about New Zealand and start talking about virtual reality. So today we're going to be doing something we haven't done for quite a few episodes, I want to say. We're going to do a system review. That's right. A system review of my birthday present. Yes, that's right. You're precious, you might say. (laughs) Sorry, that's one for all the Tolkien fans out there. Uh, Yes, someone, some lovely person, i.e. not me. Yeah, no, not you. You're not lovely. I'm not not lovely and I don't have the money. (laughs) Uh... Bought you yes. a PlayStation VR. They did indeed. So I am the proud owner, I'm pretty proud, mm-hmm. of a PlayStation virtual reality headset or PSVR. And this was somewhat of a surprise for me. Um, I, I'd been talking about it and I'd gone back and forth on the issue a little bit. And I think uh, my lovely, dear, sexy wife, I just wanted to throw sexy in because she's listening off to the side. <laughs> I'm going to try and get some later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which I said the, the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> so um, she was actually away for my last birthday, possibly two birthdays. So um, this was like a lovely gesture uh, to say happy birthday because it was, I mean, it was just special enough just spending my birthday with my family. Yeah. But on my actual birthday, I was pretty ill. I got pretty sick. That day, mm. uh, it was the 26th of April, just a couple of days after we recorded the podcast. It was a Thursday. I got home and my stomach was weird. Mm. I hadn't eaten anything all day and okay. I was just going, oh, I'm sure I'll have a big dinner. And we did. And I wasn't feeling quite so good after that. But uh, that weekend, next day, great. Awesome, awesome time. I uh, had a bit of a party. Uh, Rob came around. Yeah, I was there a little early because I have a kid. Yep. Um, and had to look after the kid at night, so, yeah. Uh, ben uh, from Sydney came down. Yeah. And uh, his lovely girlfriend, Veronica, so, and, and Hicks, who, I'm not going to say friend of the show. The guy's a dick. Enemy of the show? Well, he hasn't listened to us. I think he downloads us, but never listens to right. us, because he's so far behind in his podcast. Sometimes I get a message saying, hey, what did you say? And he, and he goes, he like lists the, the name, like the, the date of the podcast. That was like six months ago. I don't remember. <laughs> so that'll probably happen again this time. Uh, but we had a, a, a jolly good time playing uh, PlayStation Virtual Reality. And this was your first time in VR yes, as well, wasn't it? That's right. So I'll just go through some of the specs first. Uh, PSVR, I th- say the best way to describe it is mid-tier VR. Yes. At it's, the moment. It's if a you, step up from like cardboard or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing, you've, when you shove your phone in a, um, in a, in a little case, goggles yeah. case, it's a bit up from that. And it's a bit up from the Viewmaster, I yes. want to say. Yeah. Um, but it's a bit, it's uh, not quite up there with the Oculus Rift. No, it's much more affordable product. Yeah, it is. Because you have to already own a PlayStation, though. It's kind of, you know, four yeah. or $500. Yeah. It um, Look, it's just to run through some of the specs here. It was released in 2016, in October. It has two OLED um, sc- 
screens on the inside, mm-hmm. and they do uh, they are 1080p, so you are actually seeing a pretty good resolution on the inside. And there's like a, a 90 to 120 hertz refresh rate, which is which is pretty good. It's pretty quick. Mm. Um, it is a little bulky. I think they've updated it with their current version. Mine is the first version. Yeah, there is a breakout box. There are a lot of cables. Um, I don't know. It feels like you're getting jacked into something <laughs> like the Matrix. I don't know. But yeah. it's uh, apparently it's still not as cumbersome as a lot of other VR things. So I guess, you know, it's pretty user friendly after you set it up. I will say that. Yeah. But uh, let's go over to Rob. So this was your very first time in any sort of VR. Yeah, that's right. So in a lot of ways, this is less of a review of the PlayStation VR and more a review of the VR experience. I mean, that's the problem. I can't differentiate yeah. like this from other VR experiences that are out there. So I'm just kind of reviewing VR plus the PlayStation VR at the same time. Um, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you care to go into more detail for the folks at home? No. Okay, fair enough. No, I will. Well, that's the uh, end of the podcast. <laughs> mission accomplished. Uh, yes, yeah, so it is impressive. I think I'd only you know, heard tell of, of virtual reality stuff. Um, and like most people of a nerdy persuasion, we're pretty skeptical about stuff unless we experience it for ourselves. We tend to sort of have a, uh, you know, like a healthy kind of like skepticism, like, ah, oh, look, you know, people say it's great, but I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I actually try it which out. Is, which is how you should be. I think, yeah. you know, it's like, there's a lot of things that people say are good or bad. Um, and maybe sometimes you should wait to experience it before you pass judgment. And yeah. This is one of those things. It's it's okay to be skeptical. Just don't be outright yeah. a dick about it and just say, no, this thing's no good because I read one article that said it was no good. Yeah. I think, look, t- and to be fair, like my PC is good enough that I could get an Oculus Rift or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. It would run it fine. Um, but what always put me off was the sense that... Uh, um, well, for, well, more for the the vibe that you need a certain amount of space to move around in and things like that, which seems like, you know... Mm. You kind of need a whole room for it. Yeah. And to be fair, that room that your computer is in would would serve that purpose. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, there is, there like is there's nothing in that room other than your computer and a chair. And then there's a, there's a desk, there's a bookshelf, you know, there's stuff. <laughs> I want to get more things. I want to get more stuff in there as well, so... Um, it's kind of like in The Simpsons when the wall falls down and there's this lady in there eating soup out of a can. He goes, please don't tell anyone how I live. Yeah, I did just break up from my wife. You know, I mean, it's not like... You oh, know. sure, make me feel bad about that. <laughs> like, I don't have a lot of stuff because I'm poor and just separated from my wife. I could, um, fill your, I could fill your house in two minutes with stuff, Robbie. I know, you certainly could. Let's just go down to the green shed. No, let's, let's not The dump. We'll get, we'll get you a whole bunch of really... Great half broken VCRs from the 1980s. Top notch stuff. <laughs> we could, it could be a support, like, just, a, like a loading pillar yep. of VCRs. I'll sleep on a bed of Wii's. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, Nintendo Wii's. Yes. Although the other type would probably or be at the dump a, as well. A waterbed full of urine. Uh, oh God, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the title of this podcast, by the way. <laughs> So, uh, bought a bed full of urine. Can you imagine having trying to refill that? Uh, yep. <laughs> I can. So, uh, my experience was, uh, impressed. I guess, I guess you hear a lot of talk about these things. Um, but you do have to try it out for yourself and putting it on, 
and playing, I think we played some of those VR world games. Yep. Um, you know, which is sort of, it's less of a game and more of like an experience or something. Yeah, there like are that. a lot of things in VR which are classified as experiences. Yeah, it's not really a game. It doesn't have enough of there to be to really be a game. No, so um, the first thing you played, and we'll go through some of the games here that yeah. we, we did play. Um, PSVR World, the first one is called the Marine Experience. Yeah. Or something, something to that effect. You're in a cage mm-hmm. and you get dropped down into the ocean into the ocean yeah and that was very cool i think it ticked boxes for me because i'm into nature documentaries and like underwater like camera work and stuff has always been super Mm. like fascinating to me i just love watching you know documentaries about the ocean it's very otherworldly yeah just in those documentaries and you know in vr as well which is why they chose that i can only imagine it definitely was like (laughs) it was immersive yeah these are the words that are going to be used over and over again in this in in this segment but you know that's that's what they're going for yeah you know that's what they want to demonstrate to you that this is this is what's possible yeah and it was very it was immediately impressive you Mm. know um because I saw you kind of reaching out. Yeah. Like, the fact you couldn't touch anything, like you don't even need to hold the controller for this. Your initial instinct is 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 to respond to what you're seeing as though it's there. Hmm. I, and and you're, you almost immediately correct that. You almost immediately go, oh, wait, this is a game. Yeah. But there is that like initial like, you know, split second or whatever where you're like, oh, I can grab hold of this thing that's in front of me. Or I can like, you know, reach out and touch that fish or whatever. And, and hmm. like that... That sensation, the way that the, the headset tricks your brain, your dumb monkey brain, into thinking that you're in a space is impressive. It is because um, you can definitely move your head from side to side. Yeah. And, you know, front and back. And it's in real time. Mm. So it, there's no delay. It feels like you are there and there is some sort of interactivity despite the fact that it's all virtual. And that's mm. what they're going for. That, that helps sell the whole concept of VR. Yeah. So yeah. you know it, it. You know I'm not going to say that the fish look one to one perfect. You no, know, yeah. I mean, it's still a game. At the end of the day, it's still a PlayStation Four game. Yeah. You know, so. But it looked good, and yes. it looks. It, it does. It is immersive, hmm. even if you know it's not real. It it looks real enough that you think, "Wow, this is really cool." Yeah, and like the tracking of your head when you're looking around, it seems to work pretty well. Again, I don't have any comparison points for other headsets, but it seemed to be fine. I had no. I, I was never like. This isn't responding properly. I never had any moment like that. Yeah. You know? uh, so we'll go into one of the other games yeah. here, which was um, Danger Ball, I do believe it is. It's on PSVR Worlds as well. Oh, VR Worlds. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, you remember that game for Virtual Boy we reviewed? Oh, boy, howdy do I. Space Squash? <laughs> yep. It's that game. It's basically Space Squash, but good. Uh, look, it's not bad, but you you don't use the controller. You use your face. Yeah, you're basically headbutting yeah. a ball. It's more like you're letting the ball smash into your face. Yeah, it, it is. It kind of, and, and once again, the movement's really good. It's, yeah. it's fun. It yeah. teaches people about VR. It teaches you that when you move your head side to side and if you bop your head slightly forward, mm. um, it will give the desired effect. And, of yeah. course, there's like a... There is like a um, a target in front of you, so it's not actually hitting your face. It's kind of hitting the target or going to the you know behind you or to the left of you or whatever. Yeah, um, to score the points, and you know that that's fun. It, it teaches people. Um, guests at the party thought that one was really cool. Yeah, but. I was just reminded too much of that Virtual Boy game. <laughs> You've been soured on. <laughs> I've been soured on that. Yeah. I, mean, I get the concept. And for the Virtual Boy, it's not a 
bad game. It is funny though that two different teams independently decided that this is something this is something that you can do with a 3D game. Or yeah, like, this is, you this know is what, I mean? what like, needs to be done. We have to get a ball and make it come at you. Yeah. And, and then you hit the ball and it bounces back at you and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like in some ways it's just inevitable that someone's yeah. going to think of that. It's, yeah, because it's pong. Yeah. It's that's exactly what it is. It's 3D pong when you th- when you think of the most when you cut video games down to their like most basic form, you've got a ball and you hit it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and look, so it's not it's not a complex thing. It's more of a game than the shark tank thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you play this game, you know, there are different types of enemies, you move on, you yeah. know, the other team has like two, you know, targets and some of them break away and some of them are massive, some of them are really quick. Hmm. Uh, some of them are just big and slow, but you know, you, you get the idea of that one. It's fun. It's a great introduction to gaming on VR, I suppose. Yeah, I think it shows off the head, the tracking of the headset really well yeah. because that game relies on that to be accurate for it to be work, to be fun. It needs to be. Yeah, and and so you can do stuff like the ball's coming at you, right? And you can kind of like flick your head in weirdly. Like this is going to make the microphone sound weird because I'm going to be turning my face as I do it. But you kind of flick your head towards the cursor i'm turning my head as i yeah, speak yeah, yeah. and it kind of make gives the ball some spin and like just little subtle things like that yeah can kind of like you know it's interesting to see that the, the headset is tracking you in that in that way and it's accurate enough that and which know. is kind of like pong once again like if you just hit the pong ball or square yeah front on yeah it will just bounce off. But if you do it while you're moving, yes. it often makes it faster. Yeah. And that is, once again, it's the same kind of rules. It's the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I still find Pong a fun, playable game. Not for very long, but no. you can still play it. It's still, And you get it straight away. It is funny that in 2016, when this thing came out, but yeah. 2018 now, we're still basically playing Pong and having a good time with it. Yeah. It's yeah, weird. That's, that's the magic of video games, really, when you think about it. Yes. Um, so I haven't played through everything in PSVR Worlds. Um, the last thing I played, which kind of made me stop, was this... I think it was like a... It's meant to be a takeoff of... Uh, or like a, a nod to Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Bells. It's like everyone's in this game. It's called Frankie and Willie and... Oh, I just a it's bunch like of stupid names. Cockney we got, we got to get the Russians, man. We've got to get that diamond off the Russians. <laughs> and it was so... The accent was so stupid and it was so laughably dumb that... Um, yeah. Like you are just a pair of leather gloves. Okay. Like you don't see your body. You're just kind of a pair of leather Disembodied gloves. Disembodied leather gloves. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can pick. You meant to like listen and pick things up. And I just kept trying to set fire to things. Like because there's like a little microphone on the um, on the uh, the controller. Mm. You can actually kind of put it near your face and breathe in like you're smoking a cigar and breathe out and like you know. <laughs> Smoke comes out, and it's like a nice little thing, but there's not much you can really do mm. until you steal the diamond, start shooting up the Russians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not that interesting because it's like the, it's kind of like um, Virtua Cop. Right. Like it's the same couple of enemies and the same couple of cars over and over and over again, and you figure right. it out pretty quickly. And you go, this is an action, you know, first time in VR, great. Mm. Second time you go, this is really dodgy. Mm. There's, I'm going to spoil the ending. Like the, the the big boss and like the henchmen uh, are fighting at the end. And, you know, because one's betrayed the other one, rah, rah, rah. The gun lands in front of you. And obviously the idea is you are meant to shoot one, if not both of them, uh, okay. depending on an ending. Um, I just turned the gun around and tried to shoot myself, <laughs> which which didn't work. The other guy got stabbed and the guy shot me anyway. Right. So you got a game over? <laughs> I got or? a game over. Uh. I never went back. You can replay the scenario, but I didn't care. Yeah. I just did not care. So that was them trying to do something sort of 
cinematic and kind of action oriented. Yeah, but it turned out to be just a big joke. I wonder whether that, and this is a bigger, really a bigger topic than we can mm. get into today. But I wonder whether that that issue of like, can you do, or can you slash how do you do an action game on a VR heads on the in, in a VR headset? Like, I how, how think do you do it's that? possible, but yeah. you've got to do it better. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I get what they were trying to do. And it's like mm. meant to be like a short film sort of, you know, it's meant to be like British, British crime drama. Yeah. But they missed the mark so, so far into parody that it wasn't even was that funny. It was so far off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but let's talk about the two real games that I have. Yeah. One is uh, solely built for PSVR, which is Tumble. Yeah. And what, what did you experience about Tumble, Rob? So Tumble is kind of, I mean... In its most, to be really, really reductive, it's a block stacking game. It is indeed. Um, but there's more to it than just that. Yeah. But it's in its in its essence, you've got uh, you've got blocks and physics happens. Yeah. And you stack the blocks on top of each other, and there's all sorts of different shapes. Like some of them are like might be, you know, oblong. Some of them might be like cones or pyramids or all sorts of little weird shapes that you yeah. stack. And some of the game, and there's a whole bunch of different, like a v- great, massive variety of, of different ways that you stack the blocks or do other things with the blocks, like blow them up yeah. or um, other. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't played enough modes, but I'm, I'm sure there are lots yeah, of so different. Yeah, so there are like uh, yeah. laser modes where you need to refract the light yeah, in, in particular ways to reflect and, and get it through particular thing uh like uh like different mediums to like a green medium to make it go green yeah and blue and it's it's a lot of there are enough different puzzles in there it's not just stacking blocks because Mm. there are like earthquake ones where it starts shaking there are explosive ones where you need to knock things in a particular fashion to get around a maze Mm. and there are ones where um you actually need to lay everything as flat as you can because there's a bar that just keeps going over the top to knock everything down right but you still need to get as many things on the platform but under the bar yeah called limbo mode and so you know, not every puzzle is for every person, and you can skip puzzles you don't like and move on to different zones. But a lot of it's pretty fun. Yeah, like, I think it's simple but good. You know, yeah, simple is kind of what you need for these. Yeah, um, the backgrounds are very impressive and immersive. Uh, and I don't know, like I played a demo of this one, and I was impressed enough to buy it for fifteen bucks. Yeah, and I think you get your fifteen bucks worth here. There you go. That's a good review. There, short, quick review of, of Tumble, but it yeah. is. I think you're right, and it's. Like with a VR game, simple probably is best. That's the that's the sense I'm getting from my limited time with it. I think because this one was a bit different. This was a puzzle. Mm. This was a puzzle game, not even a puzzle platformer, just a puzzle game. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's not quite Tetris, no. um, but it, it has enough charm in there because there's a little robot which is a little portal esque. Yeah, there's a sort of a portally. I want like I don't want to come out and say look this is this game is ripping off the vibe of portal because it's not but there is a tiny little yeah there's there's certainly hints of portal in there yeah Yeah, a little bit yeah i think they were going for a style yeah Yeah, but you know it's fun enough uh and the last game we played today um was polybius yeah so polybius was is a um is basically a shooter in the realm of i want to say tempest yeah it's made by the same person and it is a fun game. It does not have to be played in VR, but I've only ever played it in VR because it's VR compatible. Mm. Uh, it is psychedelic, uh, and it's kind. Of, it's it's a shooter. Mm. It's a polygonal shooter. You are a little spaceship down the bottom. All of these wacky colors, 
psychedelic uh, cubes come at you and you fire on them, they blow up, you get points. It's an arcade shooter. Mm. And I always thought, when I was playing this, I thought, this is probably what people in the early 80s thought what video games were going to be like by the mid-80s. It's pretty much. After seeing Tron. It does seem a lot like, yeah, like someone decided that that uh, how people thought virtual reality would look in like 1988. Yeah. <laughs> made a game based on that. Like it's, yeah, a lot of like very hard edge, like sort of platonic solid looking things coming at you glowing and there's sparks flying everywhere and there's cows floating in midair. And and it goes yeah. at 120 frames a second. That yeah. thing is fast. Yeah, it's cool. That's, that's the thing about that game is that uh, like visually, like any individual visual element is super simple, but together with everything happening all at once, all the colors, all the movement, the music, uh, and the speed that the game moves at, it's extremely impressive. Um, even though if you looked at any one individual sort of on-screen element, you'd be like, well, that's just a, that's just a cube. Yeah, you or know, a like, cow. This, yeah. Like, Jeff Minter, who designed this game, is the, um, and is the, is the Tempest guy. Yeah. Um, loves cows and llamas. <laughs> Likes, For whatever reason. He likes ungulates. Yeah. Uh. And, uh, yeah, if that's his thing, I ain't going to judge. Uh, but it, it's just a... What I, uh, we keep going back to this game. Like, Rob and I have played it a few times now. We've always had a lot of fun. It's yeah. very simple, very playable, but it's just a video game-ass video game. Totally. And it, sometimes you need that. Yeah. It's just such an arcade sort of, you know, pick up and play, you, mm. know, gr- you know, great... Easy to play, impossible to master. Yes, exactly. There's you can enjoy it immediately without having to be good at it. Which there are is these great. <laughs> gates that you go through as the ship, and if, if you go through one of these gates, you, you, it goes faster and will explode some of the enemies on the screen. You get more points, and mm. but the faster you go, the more difficult it is to go through these gates yes. because if you just hit the side of it, then you lose one of your shield points. Yeah, and, and you only got five. There's sort of um yeah, the faster you go, the more difficult it becomes to to keep gaining momentum but also it kind of encourages you because the faster you get the more colorful and crazy everything sort of becomes and it's quite exhilarating actually to to hit like you know five or six of these uh gates or whatever they kind of look like horns sticking out yeah of the funny that funny that they yeah. look exactly like cow horns almost yeah. you might say uh um, horns whatever when you go, this yeah who yeah. knows what this guy was thinking but <laughs> i think we know exactly what he's thinking he was thinking cows, cows. Are, cows are good uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, it, yeah, it's very exhilarating. And um, it's funny, actually, how many, like, epilepsy warnings there are. It really front loads you at the front of the You game. actually need to click on the epilepsy warning two of them. To yeah. say there are psychedelic colors. This plays really fast and furious. And, you know, you might die. But, you know. And everyone, of course, goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. To most mm. of these warnings. But the fact that you have to click on them. Yes. And then you have to click OK and then click on another warning. And then click OK before you can get into the game. I think it's just driving home the fact that he... Jeff did not really want to be sued by anyone. <laughs> mm. And it is a particular... I mean, yeah, I imagine that out of all the games you could play, this is one, one of the most seizure-inducing. Yeah. Uh, I don't suffer from epilepsy, and I'm bloody glad I don't. But uh, I think this is one of those games that while it's not... We must stress, this is not a VR game. It doesn't not, have to be played in VR. I'm sure yeah. it's fine without VR, but in VR? Yeah. Holy crap, it works really good. I mean, yeah. I, I would not want to play it outside of the VR headset having I mean again my first time playing it was with VR so exactly but 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 having had that experience it just seems like pointless not to play it that way yeah, yeah. because you're missing out on that just that immersion that 
that over, the overwhelming sort of and you know there's, there's like a there's like a, a beat soundtrack to it mm. um that adds when you when you fire on things but there's also like a mm. an airplane safety warning in the background yeah. as well that kind of plays which is a bit odd but you know yeah. odds what he's going for so rob mm. um we've been going on with this psvr stuff for a while mm. um as a system review what do you say would you recommend it yeah I mean, we need to differentiate between the games we've played which some of them are good some of them are sort of middling um to the actual system itself yeah so look straight away i was quite impressed so if you are not how do i say this if you're not someone who's deeply invested in the vr space and doesn't already own a lot of headsets and you're not the kind of you're not like geeking out about vr but you're curious about checking this stuff out and you want to get in at a at a reasonable price the psvr seems like a very good option yeah because it is impressive it will give you that that mind-blowing moment you know when you first try it out and put it on and there's a lot of interesting, fun stuff out there to, to mess around with. So, uh, it's a recommendation that, from Rob. Yeah. So for that particular niche, like if you're if you're if you already own an Oculus or a Vive or whatever, like you might look at this and go, eh. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just imagining that yeah. might be the response. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I, th- I think for a lot of people who do own those, they, I don't think they would go down to a yeah. It would a, feel a like PlayStation a, VR. It would feel like a step down. But yeah. one thing I will say, and, and again having nothing to compare it with. Once you've set it up, which I understand you had a bit of a time with. It wasn't uh, difficult. It was just time consuming. Yeah. There are a lot of cables in a breakout box and, you know, things yeah. have to be plugged into PowerPoints. And it kind of reminded me of like the 32X yeah, okay. for the um, for the poor old Sega, Ma- uh, Sega Mega Drive, not Master mm. System, the Mega Drive. Yeah. Or yeah. the Genesis for our US friends. It's a lot of a lot of stuff being jammed into other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly but, what it was like. But I think once it's set up, then putting on the headset, like if, if you have a friend that comes over, like say, for example, your old mate Rob, yeah. and you want to just give him a go, it's as simple as just slapping that thing on my head and just pushing it yeah. into my face. It's There's not a lot of set up and it worked very well yeah. immediately first I time yeah every so, time. so from that perspective just from u- ease of use mm. it does seem again from my limited experience to be pretty easy to use so um, yeah I'm giving that a recommendation but more for the dare I say casually kind of segment of the VR community yeah yeah, yeah. All right, how about UAC? Where are you landing? You know, um, I have experienced VR before. Okay. I should probably I should probably put that up front and center. Um, mm. I have, you know, because I go to conventions and stuff like that. It's not like I talk to them, but mm. it's it's amazing how many people, if you go up and go, if you're just idly chatting to someone, you know, I do like a gaming lifestyle podcast, sort of thing. oh, you got to try this VR thing, you know. Mm. Uh, and that's happened to me a few times. So I've actually tried like the Oculus before. It was in the prototype form, I want to say, like one of the early ones that they sent out. Right. That they just kind of had. And uh, I enjoyed it. It looked very similar to what I'm playing now. I think those one, the production types are a lot better yeah. than what I first experienced. Yeah. But I was still very impressed. And uh, with PlayStation VR, it is great entry-level gaming. And I think a lot of the the Google Cardboard stuff, yeah. uh, I think that's impressive in itself. Hmm. But a lot of those aren't really games per se. Like these ones seem you can actually play Skyrim and stuff like that. Not that I want to play Skyrim. Uh, mm. Again, on in VR, mm. but you know there there are just some fun video games, and if you've never played VR and you're curious and want to get into it, try a friend. If you like it, get in on this. 
if you got the money, I'd say go all the way, get an Oculus, because I think there is a lot of crossover with these games at the moment. There needs to be to try and build up a VR base. Yeah, yeah, and we do seem like, <laughs> as is often the case for Game Life Balance Australia, a little late to the party and all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we're not, we're not press, you know. We're not, we're, we're enthusiasts, you know. Yeah, um, we, we get into the stuff when we do, and then we'll comment about it because yeah. you know I know a lot of friends who you know, have an Oculus Rift. I know other people who've never even been in VR and Mm. have the computer and everything to do it. I'm not saying you should go out and do it. I think you should experience it first. But PSVR is a good entry-level VR set to play actual games. I don't have uh, a PS4 Pro. Mm. I just have a just normal PS4 Slim, and it works fine. Yeah. Okay, so that's a, a recommendation from me as well to experience, if not to play. So, Robert Bailey, welcome back to This Challenge Now. The challenge now is, can you do a complete Game Life segment without mentioning the words tin or tin or tin tin? I can try. I can try AC. Or rin tin tin. I'm just putting that out there. It's going to be hard because those are some of the most popular words in my vocabulary. (laughs) I was listening to our old episode today Mm. and I got to say, I love the tin tin talk. Yeah. We could do. We could just do a whole podcast called Tintin Talk. Mm-hmm. We really shouldn't, because I'm pretty sure we are like bleeding listeners by the minute when we every time we talk about Tintin, which is like a passion of yours and mine. Well, the thing is though that like sometimes, sometimes I'm just not that into games, and I'm super into Tintin. <laughs> Damn it! I said Tintin. <laughs> I tricked you. That's 50 bucks. Uh, no, rats. I'll have to pay you back. Did I mention I'm terribly poor? <laughs> terribly, terribly poor. Uh, I actually haven't been watching too much of the, the show that will not be named. Um, or playing video games, believe it or not. In a, in a stunning turnaround, Robert Bailey decided not to play video games. I like how this whole like gaming podcast thing was your idea because yeah. you really wanted to talk about nothing but gaming, 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 gaming. And that, I said, I really need yeah. to talk about something other than gaming. Now I have more to going on in my life than gaming. Yeah, and now I'm doing super, like, <laughs> muchas lots of gaming. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of flipped, flipped or turned. The tables have been turned or something. So here's the thing about Game Life Balance. Mm. Uh, both Australia and US... Mm. Mm. And if you want to franchise with us, let us know. Yeah, Game Life Balance New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. just us. Game Life Balance Spain. It doesn't, that's not real. <laughs> it's a See. scam. <laughs> oh, that could be great. We could pull all of our money in like some sort of offshore. Awesome. Game Life Balance Podcast. Cayman Islands. Is that what you say? <laughs> Game Life Balance Cayman Islands. I love that concept. Brilliant. Uh, let, you know, like we're not rich enough to be able to open accounts over there. No, no, no. damn it! Not until our Patreon takes off, right? We don't, we don't have. Money. We don't. We we we, we don't not do money. that. We do not deserve money. Who would give us money? Who? We, just putting this out there: the Americans don't deserve money either. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm, I get the feeling because of the time zone difference, I'm about to get like a really pissed off phone call from Cody at about 3 a.m. You can't say that. Uh, it's so good. Sorry, you can't say that. <laughs> it's flawless, Cody. <laughs> flawless. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So I don't play. It's, you're right. I don't play a lot of games these days. It's kind of funny. The thing is that what the point I wanted to make hmm. is that it's okay because we go through peaks and troughs of games. Like at the moment, yeah. I am super fortunate to have 
a whole lot of games, a whole lot of good games have come out and mm-hmm. there are games that I'm interested in and I'm doing a lot of stuff with games. That's not mm-hmm. to say that two months down the track, I'll be like a bit burnt out and say, I want to read more manga. I want to talk about anime, you know, loser weeboo things or whatever. And you'll be going, oh my God, this new game that I got, it's so awesome. I want to do nothing but play this game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I imagine it probably will. Peaks and troughs. I, I can't. I can't stop being interested in games. Like, even when I'm not playing games, I'm still listening to podcasts about games and things like that. So, yeah. So it's, we keep up. We do. It's part of it's part of my brain. But recently, there's just been other stuff going on, AC. But, mm. So I'm not, going to, I'm not going to talk about games again, except to say that I got past that bit that I was stuck on in Sonic Mania. And Didn't you get past that last? No, I think two weeks ago... I think you had gotten past it. Did you or not? No, Maybe you didn't. No. So, we've had three. This is going to be the third episode that I've talked about Sonic Mania. Okay. It's because a good I'm, game. I literally have nothing else to talk about gaming that's gaming related. Mm-hmm. Um, I got past the bit I was stuck at AC. Awesome. So, I'm now, you know, breezing through it. Turns out that game is actually, like, not that hard. There's just... There was... I was persisting on one particular path in that level. Um, there are multiple paths in Sonic games. Every level has multiple paths. Yeah. I was just stuck on one that I, I just couldn't figure out how to get through it. And when I decided to sort of like take some take some different, you know, take a detour, different tacts, yep. then I then I managed to get through it without any problem at all. So, so are you close to finishing the game? About halfway through, you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably couple of worlds are past where i was before i really can't say at this point it's a fun game i'm pissed off though that i don't have a lot of chaos emeralds that bugs me yeah, yeah. that there's something i want to go back and get them but then i'm like eh, this is just the road to madness yeah that was always the way with sonic games though mm. i want to say that the easiest sonic emeralds to get was sonic one for master system yeah because they were they're in they the were level obvious where they were but you needed mm. to do a little little bit of extra work to get them but Sonic 2 for Master System, mm. impossible. And yeah. if you don't find every single Chaos Emerald, yeah. Tails fucking dies. <laughs> you get to the end and it goes, dun, 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 and then you look into the distance and then there's like a like a fading picture of Tails <laughs> like, in the clouds. Like, like back to the no future. No fucking joke. <laughs> Tails dies if you do not get those, get those Emeralds, but you don't know where they are and you never will. Yeah. Because Tails dies. Do we... Do- are we sad about Tails dying? I don't no. want to go there. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I'm just... I've said enough. <laughs> so. That's for Master System, not Mega Drive or Genesis, by the way. I just want to point that out. Yeah. So, look, I'll probably keep playing that game, but I, I've talked about it enough. So, uh, what else has been going on in your life, then? Look, man, it's been a lot of a lot of shit. Uh, a lot of um, being a dad. Um, I'm looking after Ruby a lot Dining more. it up? Yeah, a lot more often than usual. That's um, good. That's taking up my time. Also doing my kooky astrology studies, which is taking <laughs> up my time as well. Um, so in between all of that, I haven't had a lot of time to chill. Um, I did decide the other day yeah. to watch my Star Wars DVDs again, or my Star Wars Blu-rays again. But they're say. the updated trilogy. Like Unfortunately, the- what I have is the, yes, the officially sanctioned fucked up versions of the original trilogy you Um, know that there is a frame in there mm. Uh, and i will i will say that it is lucas naked peeing on a picture close it's it's just (laughs) lord it's just his junk (laughs) we're pretty sure it's george lucas's junk it's just in there for one frame it's in return of the jedi Mm. i'm gonna say it's in the first half i'm not gonna say which scene it's in you've got to freeze frame that yourself but yeah george lucas (laughs) (laughs) just 
It's in there. You yeah. got a freeze frame, but it's in there. George Lucas's junk, front and center. Look, well, yeah. actually, it's a bit off to the left, and it. You, you don't even know what it is at first, but yeah, you, you figure it out pretty quickly. I don't think the world needs another couple of nerds to pile in on crapping on the, the, the changes that were made to the original. Robbie, yeah. I'm not joking. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm sure. Okay, you know, you... Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll show it to you after this and you, you, you can... you can. I don't want you to. You can decide. I don't want to know, AC. <laughs> um, but look, yes, all, like, all of that aside, I decided... And this is the interesting thing is that completely independently, because... One thing that you'll know about me, if you know me well, is that I have very little awareness of what day it is, let alone what time of day it is, mm. or year even. Um, so completely independently of the fact that the, that the month had become May, I decided I should like to watch the Star Wars films again. And I was telling my ex about this um, over dinner while we were putting our, our daughter to bed. Um, I think I want to watch the Star Wars films. And she's like, oh, it's May the 4th tomorrow. And I was like, damn it. Now it's... Now I don't want to watch them because now people will think that I'm doing it because it's May the 4th, not because I like independently decided to, to watch the films. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, that's why I assumed you were doing it. You mentioned yeah. this just before we went live yeah. and I just went, he's doing it for that reason. So was, you say you're not, but I reckon subconsciously your brain went, hey, Robbie. I don't know. Mm, it's me. I don't know. I mean, I've been reading a lot of mythology recently. Time thinking, to watch that George Lucas joke. I've been thinking a lot about mythology, about Joseph Campbell, about just, you know, the hero's journey and all that kind of yeah. stuff independently. Um, so, so anyway, it was May the 3rd when I told my wife that I wanted to watch the original Star Wars trilogy again. Yep. She tells me, oh, it's May the 4th tomorrow, so that seems appropriate. And then I went home that night and I thought... Oh, should I just like wait and watch it tomorrow? And then I thought, no, this is stupid. I don't want to be. I don't want to be like you know, have my life dictated to me by like stupid nerdy cultural trends. So I sat down and on May the third. Screw you, nerds! I watched Star Wars, the original Star Wars film from nineteen seventy whatever. And, uh, and may the throat may the of war be with you. I don't know. May the third time be a charm. <laughs> Star Wars. Sith. Um, anyways, so I watched that. And then and then yesterday, which was the official May the 4th, I watched um, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, good movie. Yeah, look. Not enough George Lucas junk in there, but you know. <laughs> look, you know, it's funny to watch Star Wars, the original Star Wars, and then the next day, like, watch Empire. And I feel like it would be even more stark if you watch the one after the other, like, in one sitting, to see... Just how much more of a movie Empire Strikes Back is compared to Star Wars? It's like, the, the first Star Wars, awesome but threadbare yeah. in terms of actual story. It's like world building, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Actual story, you know. You, it's kind of awesome. you read the third act mm. pretty early on in the movie. Turns out, <laughs> like there's some funny stuff though. Like it's really noticeable when you rewatch the first film. Mm. I mean, let's say chronologically the first film. God, this stuff gets confusing, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's very clear that they had no idea that the film, that the, the story was going to take that path. Yeah. Like, there was absolutely no inkling, not even not even a molecule in George Lucas's brain ever considered the possibility. Or his junk. That Darth Vader was going to be Luke, Luke's father in that yeah. first film. That was off the table. And like you can see other stuff like like in the fight between um, Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader... He refers to Darth Vader as Darth over and over and over again mm. as though Darth is his first name, <laughs> right? 
And then later on, they he really should have been calling him Mister Vader. Yeah, they retcon a bit of respect here, people. Come Again, on, come on. Let me just get my nerdy point out. They, All right, they retcon this idea that Darth is some sort of like honorific mm. for Siths, like oh, Darth Sidious, Darth Maul, Darth Vader. No, Darth was the dude's name. You know, he would have been walking down the street. And they went, "How you going, Darth? <laughs> hey, not bad. You know, I'm just going to work." I'm Darth Vader. You know, like his his um, his bill arrives as Mr. Darth Vader. You know, like that's it, it's really funny to sort of see just how what what the, would have made this awesome yeah. is if in in the original like in the in the trilogy yeah. in the um, prequel trilogy if they just made Padme's last name Vader so he married and took her name and just became Darth Vader <laughs> so his, his original name was like Darth Skywalker or something yeah. It is. It's pretty funny. I, I, the other thing, there's some of the practical effects, uh, like just like they're almost sweet or like endearing, and how, yeah. how like cheap they are. Like it's very noticeable that the Jawa's eyes are just little like light bulbs. Yeah, 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 and, and stuff like that. But it works. It it's, works. It's charming as because hell. it looks gritty. Yeah. Like because like nothing's perfect. Like everything's scratched up, and it looks used except when they go to the Death the Star. Yeah. There's that great contrast yeah. between how messed up. Everything else in the world looks and how clean, but that and pristine works. Like and stuff. that really works yeah. for the film. And you get that again. Like, and it's a common theme is that the Empire always seem way they've got their shit together. Yeah, in a way that the Rebellion just doesn't. You know, <laughs> like, it's so true. I know. I'm I'm one of these people. Like, I've seen the Battle of Hoth yeah. so many times in so many video games, and mm. I think that is the most pointless battle in any movie I've watched. That was yeah. Ever. It's funny actually watching rewatching it now. That there's that scene where bomb them from space. There's they could have like. Yeah, it was. They could have crashed one of their rather expendable giant star destroyers into the yeah. planet. Like Problem there was, solved. There is that scene where the rebels realize that that the, the imperial fleet is above their the planet. Yeah. You know, and then as another scene when they realize that they've landed ground ground forces on the planet, and the command the rebel commander just turns to his like his subordinate and says, "Right, prepare for ground assault." Like, really? You're going to fight these guys? <laughs> With your, like, little crappy laser guns and, like, this giant robots coming. Like, clearly you're not going to win this. Clearly this is, like, a complete, you know. <laughs> this, I mean, uh, and all the nerds come out and oh, say, no, like, no, 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 we, we, we need to, we need to mm. find it, you know, we need to take okay. Luke Skywalker alive. That's what the Darth Man said. Well, I think the, the, the but, justification probably would be that they, they're saving time, holding off the Imperial forces... To let enough troop ships escape, right? Yeah, but it yeah, still right. does seem like absolutely suicidal to try and fight. You know, in that in that scenario, it does. Um, anyway, look, these are all points that have probably been. Made. Yeah, 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 they are. But it is it is funny to watch those films one after the other and just see like because Empire Strikes Back in that film you can see the whole trajectory of all the other films in that one film. They cut. They come up with the other like six and now eight or nine or however many films in that. In the process of writing Empire, they came up with Star Wars. They fleshed out the entire universe. Star Wars universe, starts yeah. really kind of in terms of the broader arc yeah. and the broader universe. Yeah, it starts with Empire. Well, that, I mean, that's the way with a lot of trilogies. Yeah. Because if you look at um, Indiana Jones or Back to the Future, mm. like the the first one is world building and and characters, but the second one is um, is universe building mm. because there's a difference between building a world and making it look realistic like 1955 1985 and then building like what this thing means as a whole yeah totally. holistically you know the concept of time travel not just between these two times like mm. the future the past you know like the you know like 1885 mm. or like you know indiana jones 
doesn't just fight Nazis, although that's what he's best at. Yeah, but in, in, in Temple of Doom, you get to see this, like, what he was like in the past. Yeah, and, and I didn't like, even realise yeah. that was a prequel until... It, it, it doesn't need to be explained that it's a prequel, even though mm. looking at it now, it kind of obvious. I just mm. never thought about it. Yeah, but it's, it is interesting. Good point that you make that that is often the case with sequels. So, fair, fair point. Um, one last thing I wanted to say, just before we move on, I'll ask you about your stuff. Because yeah, yeah. there's plenty of podcasts about Star Wars you can go and listen yeah, to. Yes, I'm sure. Um, on the Gunner Geek Network. That, yeah, I'm sure there are. Uh, and um, so the one thing I wanted to say was that when I was a kid, I mean, I am one of many kids born in the early 80s, late 70s, who was super obsessed with Star Wars. And I remember. And it is still one of my favourite like series of films of all time, along with Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really up there for me. I saw... My, so the way it worked for me as a kid, which is so form- it's so formative, the order you see these films in. Yes, it, it's very true. I saw Re- Return of the Jedi first. Yep, of course you did. Empire Strikes Back second. Oh, yes. And then finally, after watching those two movies to death, I watched the original Star Wars and was disappointed. I... And I think that's interesting because most people who were adults... When, you know, they watched them when they came out of the movies. And yeah. Star Wars was super impressive to them. That, you know, that was, like, mind-blowing. Whereas to me, it was the real noticeable step down. And it's funny to see just how different that film, like, affects people depending on whether you saw it when it came out or whether you saw them chronologically in sequence or whether you, like like me, watched them all out of sequence and, and you get this weird kind of vibe about the first film. It's not, not as impressive as it might have otherwise been. So I... I actually saw Star Wars a little bit later on in life. Um, not like super late. I was still in primary school, but I did see Return of the Jedi first. Mm. I can't remember which one I saw next after that, but I knew I was old enough to know at that stage that uh, Return of the Jedi mm. was the last and a whole bunch of stuff had happened before that. I, mm. I enjoyed the film, mm. but it didn't really make me want to go back and watch it. Mm. Whereas Back to the Future, mm. I saw Back to the Future 3, then two. Oh, weird. You're like me with Star Wars. I am, because yeah. Back to the Future is my all-time favorite movie, yeah, but yeah. I saw them in reverse order because uh, Back to the Future 3 came out and a whole bunch of people wanted to see it, so we got it on video from the video store. Mm. I watched it and became obsessed straight away. Wow, and three was your, like... Three was the first point. one. Yeah. And I love Doc as a character because he is, like, one of the main characters. Like, he's always one of the main characters, but he's much more front and center in this because... The, you know, the love story evolves around his character. That does explain why you're, you've always been much more prepared to go go to bat for Black to the Future three than a lot of other people that might like you know cast aspersions on that film. Yeah, I think a um, lot of those aspersions are actually cast by the time train at the end. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have a problem with that thing. I think it looks awesome. Mm. Um, but yeah, I saw that first. Mm. That made me want to go back and see uh, number two. Mm. And I remember I found half mm. of number one on the end of a videotape. Because oh, wow. rem- remember, we used to have every person in the 80s and 90s yeah. had a drawer of videotapes yep, yep. that we would reuse over and over and over and, and over again. record over them with whatever's... Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I found the second half after Marty's already in 1955 mm. on the end of a video cassette. Right. And I watched that so many times and I had still hadn't seen the first one that the much. Fir- yeah, yeah, right. How yeah, so it was, it was so weird. And then eventually I got it on... VHS, the trilogy, mm. then widescreen VHS. I've got it on Laserdisc. I have got it on DVD <laughs> the day it was released, and I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I even have the Japanese special edition, which comes with like a an out of time number plate. You know, I was thinking just like 
it's funny to me, just thinking about this conversation, because you always, mm, you don't do things by half measure. Like, if you're into something, you get the things, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, for me, like, I always, I constantly talk about, whenever anyone asks me, oh, what's your favorite movies? What's your favorite movie of all time? I would say, well, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But I don't even own that. I don't have a DVD you or a Blu-ray not- or anything. Wow. I should go out and get the Blu-rays of the the canonical three yeah. Indiana Jones yeah, films. Not- we shall not, thou shalt not speak of the fourth film. Look, I actually saw it and it's not actually that bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty forgettable. It's pretty darn bad. Else. <laughs> but because I'd been, I'd been front-loaded with all sorts of negative opinions about mm. it, when I actually saw it, I was like... This isn't that bad. Like it's, you know, it's a turd, but it's not like a turd on fire in a dumpster that's on fire. It's, <laughs> it's just that would have made the movie more interesting. Actually, it's I just think. like a bad, unnecessary sequel, and there are plenty of those out in these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, that's true. Um, all right, all right. Enough movie talk. AC. What have you been up to, gaming wise? Gaming wise, uh, Maria and I have been playing a little game called God of War. Ooh, I think I've heard of the God of War. Yes, the God of God of War, which is his actual name. Some people say it's Kratos. Kratos? Kratos. Like, like Darth Vader, I get it. Yeah. God of War. <laughs> God of Yeah. Uh, short for Godfrey. Sure, yeah. Godfrey Eugene Warris. He looks like a Eugene. He does look like a bit like a Eugene, actually. Yeah. Um, so, we have been playing this game, and it is definitely we. It is not just Maria. It is not just me. We have been swapping that controller pretty oh, consistently wow. between us. Okay. When there's a big bad enemy um, that needs to fight, needs to be fought, I am usually there front and center. If there's like a particular puzzle that Maria doesn't get, I will take over the controller and vice versa. Like Maria is a lot better at like the world um, exploration mm. and noticing little things. And I can, you know, there's a lot of teamwork there. There's mm. also a lot of arguing about what we should be doing. <laughs> Uh, okay, go over there. Go over there. No, go, go over there. No, no, no. Look, half of my problem is that ninety <clears throat> percent of our problems come from inverted controllers. Oh no! So, so let me get this. Let me just yep c- clarify this. Yes. So Maria plays in the correct way. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck both of you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck a lot of you. The sane, correct, normal way. Yes. Whereas. <laughs> You can actually hear my wife shouting in the background, yes, you fucker. (laughs) She's shaking her fist in rage at you. I like the classical pilots of now and old invert my controller because I am what's called sane. Sure. You pull up on the controller to look up makes perfect fucking sense to me. Boys and girls. It's almost like there's a string attached to the back of your head and you were yanking on it. Yes. Like that. Exactly. <laughs> like you would in an aeroplane. Okay, so this is where a lot of this comes from. <laughs> I invert my controls because I played a lot of Microsoft Flight Sims and other Flight Sims like the Amiga 500 and stuff like that when I was younger. That's just the way that I look up is pull back on the controller. I can see why other people want to look down. Yeah. That, and I want to say that I wish I could do that. Mm. I've tried to retrain my brain to do yeah. that, but my brain says, Look, "No, it's fuck fine. you, fuck the lot of you." Look, it's fine. Look, I mean, I'm I'm teasing you for the fun of it, but like, yeah, I no. actually honestly don't care. It only becomes an issue when you are passing controllers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that is the thing. Like, we have to go into if it's a fight like that is a serious fight. I have to go into the controls. Like, mm. it's a boss fight. I have to go change them back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that we got up to the hub world. 
um, where you like so there's like the first three or four hours it's just kind of trudging through it's pretty mainline and then you reach a point where you actually have a hub and then there are different access points almost as if there was like some sort of gate that you had to go through that made travel really quickly between two far away points of time not that I'm saying this is this whole game is like a some- Stargate reference or anything teal <laughs> So that is, I've been loving listening to Christopher Judge voice Kratos. Yeah. Because the way he says, boy, all <laughs> the time is just fantastic. Has the guy done much other voice work in games? Uh, I'm not sure about in games, but he has done a lot of animation work on the side. I think okay. he was Magneto in uh, X-Men Evolution as well. Okay, sure. And um, there, was this, there was this one fanboy slash fangirl moment. Mm where you see this big expanse of the land and the mountain where you're meant to uh, do something with. I won't spoil the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the kid um, kind of um, kind of goes, oh, well, look at this, boss. Look at this. No, he doesn't say boss. <laughs> but it's the kind of oh, boy, Captain Haddock. Yeah, basically, yes. He's like looking over this wonderful wide expanse. He goes, wow, I can see why... Uh, I will spoil this bit. I can see why my mother's ashes wanted to be like off the top of this mountain sort mm. of thing. Mm. And and Kratos just goes, indeed. And <laughs> this is like a, a, a famous kind of meme from a Tilk from Stargate SG-1. Catchphrase type yeah, of thing. Yeah, catchphrase type of thing. And yeah. Maria and I just looked at each other and just went, he said, yeah. he said, indeed. It's hard to such s- a nerdy moment. It's hard to think that wasn't deliberate. Yeah, it, no, it must have been. Yeah, it's, it's obviously, I, I reckon there was a bet in the office if if they could make him say it, and he probably he probably came in and said, "Hello, everyone!" Indeed, like the first thing he probably said. <laughs> I've met this guy before at conventions, yeah. and that's how he signs all of his he's autographs. Not, he just says ashamed. "Indeed" on there. No, 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 yeah. he loves it. Yeah, this guy loves his his um his uh, persona or whatever. No, not persona. I want to say station in life. Right, okay, yeah. He owns it. He owns it. Like, And in SD1, everyone is basically their same personality on screen, but Chris Judge is the opposite of Teal'c. Teal'c is like this super disciplined warrior guy, Mm. and uh, Chris Judge, at at least at the start of SD1, was an alcoholic. (laughs) Dear, okay. (laughs) Did not know that. But Stargate sobered him up. Yeah, basically. He always looks at himself and goes, oh, man, I was so fat back then, and he's like so ripped now and everything. There you go. Interesting. Anyway, we're really enjoying God of War. I um, want to talk about it a bit more. Um, We're getting into the part where a lot of stuff is happening between Kratos and his son, Mm. um, Atreus. Um, it just it just rhymes with Betrayus, and I'm just thinking, is he going to betray us sooner or later? I don't know, but probably not. But it's like you are beginning to work out the nuance of their relationship and the fact that uh, they don't really have a whole lot of one to start off with. Right, it, it's pretty, a building one, pretty dysfunctional. Yeah, uh, because Kratos can't be a good that great he's a father. Not, he, no. He's he's not an emotional, listening, understanding kind of guy. God knows what we would have if we had a daughter. He's not going to read him, read Atreus' books. No, he's not. He's not gonna- this is the one where all gods suck. They <laughs> suck the fucking suck out of the suck. Can we read a different book, Daddy? No. <laughs> uh, so, other than that, mm. I have gotten my hands on a particularly rare piece of kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super rare. Um, it's well known. It's just uncommon. 
Hmm. It wasn't released in Australia. It is the Sega CDX, which is basically a portable, God knows why, <laughs> uh, Mega CD and Mega Drive or Genesis player. All in one. All in Your one. Your two favorite consoles. Uh, look, I love the Mega Drive. Mm. You know, I do. Um, the CD, like the, the Mega Drive CD, Mega mm. CD, yeah. Genesis CD, however you want to spell that out. Yeah. Not a great system. Has a couple of great games on it. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, Leaves a little bit to be desired. Look, it was pretty early in the whole CD-ROM. It was. Thing. You can basically copy any game you want and stick it on there. So nice. Know, okay. More power to you. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing is is a point of fascination to me. Mm. How you have something that is basically the size of four house bricks, and they got it down to about half a house brick. Which, as we were discussing the other day, Rob, is a famous Australian murder weapon. That's right, yes. Half a house big, very famous for murdering people in Australia. It's the, cla- it's the they might call it the Aussie way of, <laughs> of murder. We don't need guns if yeah. you have half a house brick. That's right, yeah. Um, look, so I, I went through a testing period of testing all of my Mega Drive games. Um, the early ones all work. Mm-hmm. The later ones, including Sonic and Knuckles, which does have compatibility problems sometimes mm-hmm. between PAL and NTSC, that works. Oh, wow. Okay. I only have one game that I found that did not work, and that is a Megaturican, which actually has a warning label on it saying, for use only in C-Scam and PAL regions. Right, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, basically, it works pretty well. It works extremely well. Mm. The 32X... Um, that horrid Sega add-on. It actually says, do not use the 32X version. And I went, I wonder what will happen. Oh, it works. Okay, so it does work with that. Um, I want to buy a Mega EverDrive. What the heck is that? That is a... Um, basically, it runs every game ever. It's a ROM huh. cart. Okay. That you stick in there. You need to ro- load the ROMs onto an SD card yourself, put it in there, but it can store CD BIOSes as well. Uh. And that is how you get to run a multi-region. So basically, I could have everything in one small package nice. on my shelf to run all of the Mega Drive. And I think even Master System games right. might work on it as well. So when so you're traveling, when you're on the road. When I'm on the road. Take your CDX. Yep. I just need a portable, portable uh, television. Yep. With, with the RGB, this is yeah. getting this is getting really complicated already. <laughs> Go to a hotel, <laughs> or I could just get an emulator and <laughs> put it on that. But but this is like it's a such a fascinating piece of technology. I just love it. It is it is very interesting. Yeah. I was struck by how small it is. I mean, yes, you've said it, so I won't go I won't go into it again. But weird that it only came out you know a few years after and they managed to shrink it down so much. Uh, and only about five thousand were released in. Because it came out at the what we call the arse end of the Genesis's life cycle. It didn't come out in Australia at all. And it came out in Japan as an educational concept, I want to say. Right, okay. Uh, and so this thing's actually pretty rare. And it's rarer to find one that works. Because it's so tightly packed in one thing, things go wrong. Mm. Like the laser. But this one actually works. Great. So I'm, I'm very happy with this. I got a pretty good deal on it. Um, you mm. know, calling in favors, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite happy. But other than that, um, I just want to say that uh, you and I went to the park today. We did. We, we did some life stuff, AC. skipped through the tulips. <laughs> That's a lie. 
We, we both took our daughter. We had some daddy-daughter time. We did have some daddy-daughter. I always love daddy-daughter time. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good, especially for the missus who gets to not have daughter time. <laughs> um, but it is it is nice to um to get out and... Uh, I was looking forward to this all week, actually, yeah. especially when I got you on board. And not to say that we spent a lot of time there, no. like talking or getting together or anything, because our... It's hard to, because they just wander off. They, they kind of want to do their own thing, and mm. you can kind of keep them corralled in the one place at the one time for about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. But it was still nice to do something with another dad. Yeah, like totally. Just, just dad stuff, you know? I don't know about you, but I mean, this is my experience. <laughs> happens a lot. This is like when you're the sad violin music plays. But when I take my daughter to the park by myself, I always feel like very self-conscious because there's normally like two people. There's normally like everyone else has like a mum and a dad to look corral the child, you know. Um, but when it's just me, it's like it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work having having someone else there. It helps. Like, for example, when your daughter went down the slide, I was there at the other end to catch her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, that was super useful, actually. So, I mean, that's just a small example of how useful it is to have someone else help you out. So, um, that, yeah. So, it was nice to sort of go out and do that. It was. We should make that a regular thing as well as the podcast, you know, have some daddy-daughter time. It's, well, just, yeah. it's just nice to, like, do stuff with other people and give... Like, Maria today went out and had a massage. Nice. Which was just, like, a relaxing thing that she really deserved to do. Totally. You know, she deserved to have a break and do her own thing. And mm. Because she works less hours than me, she's the one who has to drop May off and has to pick May up because I'm working, like, the nine-hour, nine-and-a-half-hour days. Yeah, yeah. And because there's a lot of road work happening in Canberra at the moment, I have to yes. leave earlier and earlier to get to work on time. It is kind of ironic that they were like, we're going to fix the roads by making a whole lot of road work <laughs> and making everything a lot worse. Yeah. Um, Who knows if it'll get better or not. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm sure those trains won't be a complete disaster. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Anyway, They're Canberra. building a light rail tram system in Canberra, so hopefully that fixes things. You probably won't, but we live in perpetual hope. Do you know what my real terror is? And this is total Canberra talk now. So yeah. I'm so sorry for everyone listening. But Even my real concern is that people will just shun them. Like the same way they shun the buses. They'll just be like, I don't want to take the train. That's for peasants. I like to drive my <laughs> SUV and destroy the planet on the way to work, you know. That is, you have just <laughs> captured a, like Canberran's personality yeah. down into a nutshell. It's just, what reason- am I, some sort of peasant? <laughs> I, I do believe that is the correct pronunciation. I didn't go to university to take the train. <laughs> oh, this is so true. We're so horrible. We really are. We are a terrible, terrible people. I, just, I wonder. Because, like, for example, where I live, right? Yeah. I could walk over to Gungarland and take the train. You could. But for a lot of people, the train... It, like, this is such Canberra talk. The train won't... Like, you have to get to the train station to, in order for the train to be useful. Yeah. And there ain't that many train stations that they're planning on building. So, what are you going to do? Drive your car to the train station, then get on the train? Or take a bus to the train station, then get off the perfectly good bus that's heading to the city anyway and take the train to the city? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway. <sighs> Look, I think, it, I think it will be a thing. Um, <clears throat> but if they keep expanding it and keep using it yeah. and, like, reduce the number of bus services, yeah, people totally. will be forced like, to use it, I think. In theory, t- I'm totally... Yeah, yeah, it's just like in practice, I'm like worried. I am too. Yeah. <laughs> I because I I probably won't because it doesn't go anywhere near my house, despite the fact that I'm in like the Gungalan area. Yeah, uh, I'm on the far side. It's a lot closer to you, but mm. I'm worried that what they will do is at the moment parking is pretty much free in like dirt car parks. Yeah, they'll build it up and say you can park your car for only you know fifteen dollars yeah. a day, which is how much it 
costs to go into the city and then people will just abandon it horribly some sort of park and ride scam where you're like park your car now it's it's super cheap. Only seven fifty a day to park your car, right? But then you actually need to pay for the tram to get into the... Anyway, this is Camera Talk. <laughs> now for a quiz. <laughs> so, what you're saying basically is that all cyclists should be shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If they're on the road. Look. If they look like at about the age of five or six, they want to ride a bicycle. This is what you were saying in the break. I'm just quoting you. Right, these are all they facts. should be pulled out. Onto a barge and set a light. Seems pretty harsh, but okay. Look, as a Canberran, you are entitled to these. Super entitled to these opinions. That's right. Yep. Yes, they are. They are the scum of the earth. Why don't they? It's one of those funny things that Canberra has a lot of bike paths, Mm. like purpose-made bike paths for cyclists. Yes. To use the paths. And they drive in the middle of the road and run red lights and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I almost got run over today. Oh. Look, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, there are some, some certain behaviors of cyclists in this town that are, like, a little irritating. Like, mm. yes. But they're, they're obviously, like, morally, ethically superior to us. So well, they're who are the, we to judge? They're saving the planet and getting fit while we're ruining the planet and getting fat asses. So, yeah. I, you know. Controversial here. I hate this planet. <laughs> This planet fucking sucks. I hate this planet and my health. Have so. you have you seen what the British Isles looks like? That's right. It looks like a giant malformed butthole. Have you heard? I of want to get off this planet. They suck. This whole planet's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> screw the rainforests. It's full of piranhas. And with that, it's time for a quiz. AC. Yes. Star Wars is a thing that people enjoy. I'm out. <laughs> and what better time? Then the month of May, AC. Oh, I hate you so much. To do a quiz about the Star Wars games. Only if it's a quiz and not a quiz. So this quiz that I have cunningly entitled, Is Han Solo in it? Is a, is a, a quiz where I ask you to tell me whether the game has Han Solo in it or not. Are you ready to play? Is Han Solo in it? I am about three seconds away from stabbing you. Question number one. Star Wars colon Yoda stories. And that's your three seconds. <laughs> the Game Boy Color. The Yoda stories. Oh. Remember, the game is called Yoda stories. Yes, he's in it. Of course he's in it. He's got to be in the Yoda stories. He's absolutely not in Yoda stories. <laughs> the entire game is set on fucking Dagobah. <laughs> An entire... Oh. The swamp gas I have. Mm, yep. Diarrhea it has given me. It's set in the in the interstitial period between the end of Empire Strikes Back and the start of Return of oh, the Oh, yes. Jedi. And obviously, you know, he kept his sanity throughout that period. Yeah. The last thing I remember it is the sanity I threw at him. The real sad <laughs> truth is that Luke, there's no Yoda. Luke just crash landed on that planet, ate a bad mushroom and just tripped balls <laughs> for a couple of months. <laughs> It was like four hours. <laughs> he was only on that planet for four hours. <laughs> it felt like a long day. I'm a Jedi now. Sure you are. <laughs> Chopped off the hand. <laughs> you know. There's a robot version of me out there dressed like Darth Vader. I'm totally going to get him behind a tree. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm not saying that whole movie sucks. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no. But I'm just saying. No. Okay, see. fine. I'm just saying Mario 64 really sucks. Anyway, next question. <laughs> question number two, AC. TIE Fighter for the PC. Um, Of course he's in there. He's piloting one of the TIEs. <laughs> no, he is not in TIE Fighter. 
You win this round, Robbie. 1994's TIE Fighter. Question number three. Yep. Star Wars Arcade. 1983's Atari Arcade. Okay, yeah, this is a this is a vector-based game. Uh, it is actually a really good game. I've played it. I've been lucky enough to play this vector-based game. Uh, ironically, came out the same year as uh, Return of the Jedi. Ironically, because it's, it's the last in the trilogy based off the first. first based off the first film, that's right. Uh, I'm going to say that not only is Han Solo in this, he is colorized <laughs> and he's giving you the finger. <laughs> well, you're right in the sense that he is in the game, ah. but only as a digitized speech sample. But that counts. So <laughs> you do get to hear you do get to hear um, uh, Han Solo say a word. Is it is it Harrison Ford says things? Is it, is it actually Harrison Ford? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. But it is prob- where credit is due. It's probably just snipped out of the is it? the movie. Let's roll the figure, Let's go home. That's right. Let's roll the figure, Let's go home. <laughs> Let's roll the- He doesn't have a home. He's a hobo. He's <laughs> a space bum. <laughs> Question number four. The, uh, the Star Wars. <laughs> God, I'm stupid. Question number four. Star Wars colon The Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed, Bosh. Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Uh, the Force Unleashed. Unleashed. Unle- we, are, we are just not even trying anymore, are we? <laughs> I'm going to say he's definitely in that. He he's, front, he's on the cover. He, he definitely ain't in that one. He I ain't see. in that one? You, oh, what a shame. You'd be losing them points. I am losing bad. Question number five. Yep. Star Wars colon. Hey, have you noticed that a lot of these games start with Star Wars colon? There, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. George Lucas's colon also. <laughs> also in uh, Return just of the Jedi. a guy Jedi. called Colin. It just happens. <laughs> colon Powell. Star Wars colon in... Anyway, Star Wars colon Republic Commando is Han Solo. Republic Commando would have been uh, before he was probably even born. So I'm going to say definitely. He's a time traveling weirdo. Well, points to you for your in-depth knowledge of the Star Wars lore, you nerd. You <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> you got a point there, didn't Damn you? Damn it. I didn't mean to. Good one, you loser. <laughs> Question number six. Sorry. Okay. Question number six. Star Wars for the Master System. As in Star Wars. Yes. The game that was ported to many a system, but I'm specifically talking about the Master System version. Oh, no. Is Han Solo in that Is game? that based off the Famicom version? It is. Oh, I hate that game. Is I Hans- played that game. He's not, but no, okay. Actually, I know the answer to this. Yes, he is in it. Correct. He is. You can play as him. You can pick him and you can play as him. And don't. He, sh- he shoots a laser gun. Yeah, don't. Don't play that game. It's not a very good game. It's, it's actually um, it's, there's a version of it for the me- the um, Game Boy as well. It's a mediocre game. Yeah, it's one of those where the hell do I go games, and then you fight Darth Vader, and he turns into a scorpion <laughs> in a Jawa base. I want to say I don't remember that. No, yeah. <laughs> it's not a great. It's not a good game. Question number seven, AC. Speaking of not good games, yep. Disney Infinity. <laughs> yes, he's in, of course he's in that. Actually, you're wrong. He's not. In the original Disney Infinity... He's got a blaster up his ass and he just keeps pulling the trigger. He it's wasn't the only way to get him off these days. He wasn't in that game. He was in Disney Infinity 3.0, I want to say. But not in 2.0. Okay. Not yeah. in the original. All right, all right. That's, um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm so, a big fan of Toys to Life, obviously. So obviously, you don't know shit about Han Solo. I've shoved, the, I've shoved those Amiibos <laughs> up my ass many a time. It's not an Amiibo. Question number eight. They're not Amiibos. Oh! <laughs> True Disney Infinity fan Robert Bailey is offended by a 
by your comments. I, I <laughs> bought a, a really cheap Wii U because it came in a box and I wanted to have a boxed because I want two Wii U's because those things are going to be difficult to replace, repair, hard to find mm-hmm. as time goes on. And I quite like that system. Yeah, it's And it came with a whole bunch of Infinity, like Disney Infinity stuff. Mm. And man, that stuff was sold the minute I got it. I just yeah. like put it in a big plastic bag and said five bucks to the best person. And it's like, oh my God, this has got mm. the Princess uh, Flora... Frost Woman from the Frozen movies. Yeah, just get it out of my sight. Princess, Seriously. Princess Flora Frost, Frost Woman. I don't know. That is a, I don't know. That is a possible competing title for this episode with <laughs> urine filled. What are they? Urine water bed. If you don't know what a water bed is, look it up. It's pretty funny. Look, the 80s were a really weird fucking time. Have you ever tried to? No, let's not talk about it. I have. That. Question. Oh, okay. Question yep. number nine. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, question number eight. God, we've got three we've got three questions to go, AC. Let's get through this. Okay, all right. Question number eight. The Empire Strikes Back for the Atari 2600. I know the answer to this, but mm. yes. But yes. But yes? But yes, he is in that. How is he in that? I it, say I have no written down here, but maybe you can tell me. I can tell you because I actually know the answer is no because I've got that game. You do have that. I do have that game somewhere, but I just want to answer yes to every single one of these questions. <laughs> Well, you might get some right. Or maybe. I've got three right so far. Maybe none. Question number nine. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Is Han Solo in Star Wars Battlefront 2? Yes, AC? he is. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Because it's 2017 and people stopped not putting Han Solo in games by 20... 20- <laughs> by 2017, they were like, we better start putting Han Solo in these games. It turns out that's a really popular character. Turns out people like him. And- He's like the one guy who wanted to get out of that stupid universe. <laughs> All he wanted shoot to- me, for the love of God, shoot me. All he wanted to do was pay off a giant space worm who he owed money to. <laughs> Question- but isn't that the moral of life, really? <laughs> isn't that what we all want? <laughs> oh, God. Question number 10. Star Wars, colon, Dark Forces. Was Han Solo in Dark Forces? I know there are certain things... I like Dark Forces. I like Dark Forces too. There is in Dark Forces two Jedi Knight colon whatever the hell the expansion for that is. There is a Millennium Falcon esque looking ship, mm. a Cardarian cargo freight, whatever the hell that ship is called. Yeah, yep. It did the and Kessel Run. Wonder, and- I wonder if that's someone I know. I think is one of the quotes in there or something like that from Myra Jade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say yes because I've said yes to every other question so far. <laughs> Use the spoil sport. Yep. You're ruining my beloved I am. solo quiz. That is it. That I came up with in five minutes. <laughs> um, the answer, of course, is no. He no, I know. He ain't in Dark Forces. He's not. I did know that. He's almost like conspicuously absent. It's a weird game. Because they sort of try and like. Like from why would I say the, the the protagonist is pretty much Han Solo, like by another name, you know, like uh, I, I, so, um, occasional guest star mm-hmm. and co-host of the show, uh, Andrew Elchand Lynch, mm-hmm. reckons that Kyle Katarn, <clears throat> who is the main protagonist of Dark Forces and Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight, looks like Burke from Burke's Backyard. <laughs> Who came out as a giant sex pervert in yes. the last couple of years? I hate those sex perverts. Like, like, like basically, the biggest one of the biggest sexual harassment, like Harvey Weinstein ass people in Australian television, which makes me think of Kyle Katarn in a different way as well. And I know he wasn't in that game, but I just wanted to answer yes for every 
single one of these questions to see how you form these. So you won that one fair and square. You got six, I got four. Yes, so uh, I know more about Han Solo being in games than you do, I see. So I well, you feel... I hope you feel suitably ashamed. Yes, I, I feel castrated. I feel like I should know more about Harrison Ford and his oeuvre <laughs> of yeah. films. It like, is it is sort of striking how few games have him in it. Um, I see your point, though, because he is probably... He, he's one of the more charismatic characters of that universe. Yeah, is I he mean, your favourite character? Yeah, I would say he is. I, look, I'm, I'm a big Harrison Ford fan, despite actually like just how terrible a person he he was off camera. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a dick. He actually, yeah, what like I mean, I don't know what how he's like now, but at the time in his heyday, kind of yeah, took advantage of a lot of things. He did. He's also a pilot <sighs> and has caused almost two bad international. <laughs> Losses of life, but they were near misses. And you look it was, up online. Yeah, he trying to fix not a good pilot. Yeah. He was, you know, <laughs> he's, he's talking. He's talking to a rug, which he thought was chewy. <laughs> he's asking the rug to give him the hydro spanners. Oh, come on! <laughs> he's like, oh, shouldn't you be piling the pain, Harrison? It's like, can we call him Harry? Can we just call him Harry now? Let's call him Harry. Uh, All right. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to the Game Life Balance Australia podcast, mm. the Australian edition of such podcast mm-hmm. uh, you can visit us on the web at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com where you will find links to our podcast feeds video content and our sister show in the US I'm on Twitter as ProdTally hit me up baby one more time mm-hmm. and our official Twitter feed is back on running by our good friend and totally not prisoner who we're keeping in a basement Chad yes at GLB Australia Chad shut up <laughs> shut up Chad keep it down What's going on on the Gunner Geek Network? Well, I'm glad you asked, AC. You know what's going on on the Gunner Geek Network? Quality podcasts coming out every day for your ears to inject into your brain so that you can enjoy the thoughts of other people. I don't think that's how podcasting is meant to work. Such as the intellectual podcast spelt with an X because it's cool. Episode 217. Please tell me this is about the 90s. In fact, you're completely wrong. It's about... Very current things. But it has an X in it. Yes, but so do many a word, including... <laughs> X-rated e- pornography. Excellent Marvel films like Avengers Infinity War. Apparently that's actually pretty good. In the most recent episode of the Intellectual Podcast, mm-hmm. David, Brian, Teresa, Mike, and special guest Corey... I love that ...break guy. down their experience watching Avengers Infinity War. The first 10 minutes are spoiler-free, but look out after the spoiler warning is dropped. Warning's fired. Now let's break down the most anticipated movie of the decade. That's on the Intellectual Podcast. Check that out on the Gunna Geek Network, GunnaGeek.com. There are some pretty good podcasts on there. I've been listening to some in my spare time. Uh, when, I, when I say spare time, I, I, like, I have it on when I'm doing stuff in my games room. Yeah. There's some really good stuff there. Uh, I just... Every time someone says, oh, spoiler warning, I say, yes, yeah, spoiler warning, everyone dies. But apparently that might actually be the case. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. That's always what clean. I say. They're just fucking wiping the slate clean. Wouldn't that be great, though? You like you build up with 14, 15, 25 movies and yes. then just say, like, okay, bloop, it's all gone. I went back in time and shot the very first human, no. the end. Just, like, do a full Transformers the movie on everyone. Just be like, right, now you got to go buy new toys. you got to go. <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Dead. 
Iron Man 2, it's this guy, but without a goatee this time. <laughs> That's right. All your favourites, like the Ant-Man is dead. <laughs> I, wish they'd, I wish they'd bring back 90s Robert Downey Jr. when he was like a cocaine addict throwing imaginary rats out of his car window. <laughs> He was caught doing that. Wasn't even arrested for him. Yeah. They just went there. They just, oh, that scamp. He's up to it again. Let's let him go. That scalawag. <laughs> All right. If you enjoy this, give us a, a positive rating on iTunes. Mm-hmm. You can give us a negative rating. Anything. You can shoot someone in the street. Actually, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're shouting our podcast in infamy while yeah. you do it. Mm-hmm. Because that is the only way we're going to get our name out there. In a massive overcrowded market at this yeah. at this stage. I don't care. Just give us a one-star review. I just need to know that you're listening <laughs> at this point. Just slip something creepy under Rob's door. Seriously, I'll, I'll PM you. That would be the his, most... His, like, that would be his the, the, actual <laughs> physical address. be the closest thing to human contact I've had for so long. I'll give you a hug. No, I don't want a hug. Okay, there you go. Not from you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.